0: okay let's pray Lord God glorify yourself in this three part series Lord God and with all of the messages that I deliver Lord God touch me to be a amazing deliverer of your word not because I'm worthy Lord God I'm just wretched flesh but because you are worthy and every word spoke about you needs to be spoken excellence glorify the listeners Lord God let them hear you in an amazing way in Jesus name Amen so last a walk with Jesus, we started this three-part series entitled "Who Told You That You Were Naked?" And the first part was the fall, and we learned about the fall of Adam and Eve, and in essence, mankind. How the the serpent tempted Eve, and he swung at her, and she swung her sword. Ephesians six seventeen, which is the word of God. Back at him and she she may have connected, but she didn't kill him. So we learned to kill him till he's dead. The devil's come to kill, steal and destroy, not to maim and destroy and steal. <laughs> Amen. So if they're coming to kill us, we need to kill them. And then what is our weapon? The word of God. So We, we, we learn to use the word of God as a defense and as a strong offense. We've always learned the best defense is a strong offense if they can't score uh, because we keep scoring then that's a strong offense we don't want we don't want to allow the devil time to score amen and in this week we're 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 sticking with that who told you that we were that you were naked theme and uh, uh and this one's entitled law and order god gave the law don't eat the apple don't eat the we call it the apple don't eat the fruit and we see how he begins to put things back in order the word tells us that god is uh, he likes things decent and in order. Who who doesn't? I want my house decent and in order. I don't want to walk in and there's a mess and things. I can't find a remote because it's lost under the bed somewhere. I want things decent and in order. And that's how God wants his house. So we're going to learn about atonement and redemption in the process of law and order. Because uh, God gave the law and we broke the law. And, and, and to put things back in order, he had to redeem us. But there's a lot of debate about atonement and redemption. I want to clear that up for you. Atonement is what you do yourself. Uh, if you you break a rule, what your way to fix it? If you step on Grandmama's prize begonias, uh, you may give Grandmama the money. Uh, here, Nana, here's here's thirty bucks or whatever it costs. Here's some potting soil. Blah blah blah. Or you might say you might just buy the begonias yourself and go out to the garden and replant them. Or or totally something separate she may say okay baby don't worry about the begonias i need the barn painted or the side of the house painted or the second story painted or room painted and you 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 fix the wrong by doing something nice by doing a good by by giving nana a solid per se so you fix the wrong you did by in essence doing something right and that's propitiation in a way because she's no longer angry but but that's an atonement you did it yourself but redemption and we find atonement all out through the old testament but redemption is something from a third party, something that you can't do yourself. So uh, it's kind of like a coupon. You 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 get these. You, I have my best friend, one of my good friends. Uh, I'm not gonna say any names. No, no. Well, shout out. Uh, <laughs> uh, he he bought me this this Boy Scout card, and it was like five bucks. And now anytime I go to Valero, I don't have to wait for the Spurs to win. Uh, go Spurs! But every, anytime I I go to Valero, I can show them this this card, and and I can redeem. Any size fountain drink, whether it's a buck or two bucks uh, for fifty cents. So anything above fifty cents is redeemed, and that's done by a third party. It's kind of like a coupon. You buy people buy these twenty dollar coupon books, and you can go places and get free meals. You can go into the H E B or Walmart, and you get something for free, and it's redeemed because of the coupon. Now. The, the, the company isn't giving it to you for free. H-E-B isn't giving you the groceries for free. You're not going in and, and paying for them, but you're giving them a coupon. So a third party, some something outside of of, of H-E-B, the, the first party, and and you, the second party, who's getting the goods, a third party is, it has already worked out with the first party what to do on behalf of the second party. So they're not there. They've already worked this out. And this is going to keep that in your mind because this is going to relate to you in a huge way later. So the third party has already worked it out. Now, let's go into the foundation. Uh, it's, it's hard to understand redemption just going into Jesus' three-year ministry. Uh, you see atonement throughout the Old Testament, but you see redemption throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. This was a process that God had established before Jesus Christ had 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 arrived on the scene in the fleshly body. Uh, so how do we understand it? There's six things we really need to know to understand and grasp atonement and redemption. Uh, one, what existed before atonement or redemption? What existed prior to that? Um, uh, and that's, that's you have to know that. You need to know what comes before to understand what happened after. It's kind of like if you just walk in and saw a building on fire. If you're trying to investigate, you need to know that the building wasn't always on fire. That's a good thing to know. They didn't create a, a burning building. It wasn't like the bush. It was, wasn't always on fire, right? Um, two, what law existed? i not saying the bush was always on fire, just to, before I get an email. But two, what law existed uh, that if broken would require atonement? Three, what actually happened to necessitate atonement? Like what, 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 what made atonement necessary or redemption necessary? For what were the consequences of breaking the law to the law breakers? What was was the punishment? Was the punitive action taken? Uh, five. Who established the actual law and carries out that punishment? Sometimes the creator of the law isn't the person that actually carries out the punishment for that law. And six. Who was offended by the law breakers? Who did uh, when the lawbreakers broke the law? Who was the offended party? And all of this is going to make sense as we walk through it. The breakdown. Okay, so A, what existed before atonement? The answer to that is simple. Paradise. Paradise existed before atonement. So just think about it. Atonement is what? Atonement is when there's a wrong done and then it needs to be fixed. Well, before the process of atonement, there there was no wrong done before Adam and Eve ate the apple and fell into and really plunged mankind into sin, there was was no need for atonement or redemption. So it was just paradise. There was no ill thoughts. There was no ill tempers. There was no anger management. There was no lust. There was no sin. There was no, it was a paradise. There was nothing in need. Now the Bible tells us that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth, but at this point, propitiation was not needed. Grace did not exist. Grace is you're not getting something that you deserved to get. But Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, so they didn't deserve necessarily to get anything negative as far as a punishment. So the, it's kind of like the lamb being slain was was money in the bank. So they had they had grace before they ever needed it. So they had money in the bank without even having a bill. So they had they had an, an overflow. I'm waiting on that day, God, for, for to to have more money than I do bills. So I have more in. That I need to put out. And that's so that's in the position there. And they're in, they're in a, a place of beauty. They don't owe anybody anything. There's no sin. There's no anger. So, what existed before atonement or sin? Just paradise. And that's key to know. We weren't born in the sin shaped in iniquity from the beginning. We were, we were created by God in paradise. Still in the garden. B. What law existed that, if broken, would require atonement? Well, that's easy. There was only lo- one law that existed don't eat the fruit, Adam. Pass it on. Tell your kids. Tell your wife. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Everybody's eating fruit, right? So don't don't eat the don't eat the fruit in the the uh, 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 from the tree in the midst of the garden. Don't eat the tree in the midst of the garden. Don't eat that fruit. You can have any other fruit anywhere. And that's, that was the 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 axe that Eve swung. She she thus said the Lord. The serpent said, "Eat it," and she's like, "No." God said, which was her using the word of God as a weapon. God said, which I advise you to do anytime a demon or serpent or even your own mind starts to attack you, use the word of God against it. Because um, that's the only thing that that's the only weapon we have. Everything else is a shield of faith. We have a helmet of salvation. We have a belt of truth. We have the breastplate of righteousness. Everything else is defensive. If I'm being attacked, I can use these things to, to defend myself. But when I want to go in the offenses and strike back, it, the only thing is the... The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, you have to use the word of God to attack. So, uh, and and Eve does this. She she swings. God said, "We can have any any tree, uh, any fruit from any tree, just not that one." But she stops there, and she lost. She swings one time. You get in a fight. I advise you to keep swinging until they stop moving. Don't don't just swing once and and connect, and then just say, "Okay, I won." Don't let your guard down. So what what uh, what law exists that if broken will require atonement? The only one that existed at all, which is don't eat the tree in the middle of the garden. See, what actually happened to necessitate atonement? Who uh, under what circumstances was the law broken? Basically, well, Adam and Eve ate the tree. Those were the circumstances. Don't eat it. What did they do? They ate it. Now, this might seem elementary like we're going one, two, three, but that's on purpose. That's on purpose because we need to we need to stack these chips and get a clear understanding. So you're not laying down at three o'clock in the morning saying, "Am I atoned? Am I redeemed? Am I saved?" You need to get this. Listen, Martin Luther King put it he, he put it like this. He says, "An injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere." That Martin Luther King Jr. was on something. Now he he meant this in relation to uh, civil rights. But but that's that's that point is was was around really before Martin Luther King was, and injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So uh, that that means that that one sin really can can blow up or explode into multiple sins. Let me put it like this: sin is like a tree. You plant one seed, but you you wind up with many branches. You have a problem with lust, but then you next thing you know you have a problem with cursing, or you have a problem with with. With uh, treating your your wife like the queen as she is, or, or or listening to her, or you have a problem with pornography, you have a problem with anger, you have a uh, a problem with uh, you know watching scary movies or whatever. You eat too much bread, whatever your whatever your problem is, right? You're glutton. You have, whatever your problem is, if if it isn't resolved, it'll it'll branch out into other things. When Adam and Eve. Uh, ate the forbidden fruit. It it was like cracking the foundation of humanity. And that crack continues to spread. There was no multiple religions. There was one religion. They walked with God. There was no Catholics and Pentecostals and Baptists and Methodists and seven day Adventists and Mormons. That was just those that walked with God literally. So that sin cracked and spread like the branches of a tree and continues to do so. We get a new religion every three seconds up. There's another one. Right. Let's go to Genesis 3, 14 through 24. I'll be reading out of the CEV. Because next came what? The punishments. D. What were the consequences of breaking the law to the lawbreakers? And, and that, that is what? The, the punishment. Starting at uh, verse 14, and we're going to read it to 24, Genesis 3. So the Lord God said to the snake, because of what you have done, you will be the only animal to suffer this curse. For as long as you live, you will crawl on your stomach and eat dirt. And that's a that's a bad life having to crawl on your stomach and eat dirt. That's that's a bad life. (laughs) Glad I'm not a serpent. You and this woman will hate each other. Your descendants and hers will always be enemies. One of hers will strike you on the head and you will strike him on the heel. Then the Lord God said to the woman, you will suffer terribly when you give birth. All the women can thank Eve uh, every time you give, give birth, but you will still desire your husband. So you'll still want to make babies, but you're going to hate the pain of childbirth and he will rule over you. 17, the Lord said to the man, you listened to your wife and ate the fruit. I told you not to eat. And so the ground will be under a curse because of what you did. As long as you live, you will have to struggle to grow enough food. Your food will be plants, but the ground will produce thorns and thistles. You will sweat all your life to earn a living. You were made out of soil, and you will once again turn into soil. Ask the ashes dust to dust, right? 20. Then man then man Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all who live. Then the Lord God made clothes out of animal skins for the man. And his wife. So we see the, the the shadow and type of Jesus Christ as something dying to cover the nakedness, the sin, the shame of humanity. Twenty-two. The Lord said, "They know, they now know the difference between right and wrong, just as we do. But they must not be allowed to eat fruit from the tree that lets them live forever." Twenty-three. So the Lord God sent them out of the Garden of Eden. So now another curse. Now they have to leave. Paradise. They have to leave the comfort of the garden. They have to leave the the perfect tropical weather where everything was perfect. All they had to do was walk up for dinner, for breakfast, for lunch to a tree and eat it. Now they have to actually work. They have to get a job. They have to get a J.O.B. They have to get a get a job where well, they would have to work the ground to be part of 23, from which they the man had been made. 24. Then God put winged creatures at the entrance to the garden and a flaming, flashing sword to guard the way to the life-giving tree. So we see all of this stuff happening. We, we see uh, Adam having, uh, uh, Eve having pain, uh, not Adam, Eve having pain during childbirth. We see Adam now having to work the, the ground, wanting you know beautiful fruit, but getting thorns and thistles and weeds and having to work hard to provide a living, which is now we still have to do that today. Uh, women still have pain during childbirth. We uh, People in the workforce still have to uh, work hard. We you, you, you don't wake up and just go pick dinner and have perfect uh, weather all the times to the point we can sleep outside and don't need buildings. We still are, are under the effects of that sin in the, the physical, but not necessarily the spiritual, not those of us, of us that have access to Jesus Christ. So though, that's those were the, the consequences of this sin In the fall, we, there was a law, we broke the law and now God is putting things in order. So you, you do a, now you get B and that's, that's what happened. They ate the fruit. So now because of Adam and Eve, thanks to Adam. Thanks Eve. We live outside the garden, outside of paradise, not to return because now there's big bouncers, uh, you know, six foot, uh, eight, uh, guys with no necks that look like they can eat whole cows guarding the entrance. So now we can't get in. Now we have to live by that that curse, that punishment. Now, e, who established the actual law and who carries out the punishment? Now, this is this was the argument. This is uh, I was listening to this guy, and my alarm clock literally is preaching. Uh, so I wake up, and and I know that sounds uh, who who wants to wake up in church, but but it hey, normally church puts you to sleep, you know, to, to some of us, but. Uh, not to me. I love church, but you know, I've seen people just, just drooling and, and their kids are shaking them. Nano, wake, wake up, you know, but, um, you know, I, I wake up and this guy, this was a big thing for him. He, he attacks C.S. Lewis. And if, and, and I'm, I'm men are men. C.S. Lewis has a great apologetic book, mere Christianity. I suggest getting it. But this particular pastor, he he just was going in he says, um, and I quote, um, people like to quote, C.S. Lewis, because he sounds so erudite and literate instead of quoting the Bible, which sounds so dogmatic. And, and he was just going in. Now, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis is non-fictional, which means this is a real book of his opinion and thoughts and beliefs. Uh, but the, the pastor, the preacher, doesn't go in about mere Christianity. He kind of makes a few light references. All of the sermon pretty much is about the Chronicles of Narnia, which is a kid's book. Which, which kind of troubles me that we would attack a, a awesome apolo- uh, apologist over a kid's book. A kid's book series. Uh, it it just, just blows my mind. It seemed like sometimes we as believers, we spend more time attacking other believers than actually doing the work of Jesus Christ. And we see this during Jesus Christ's day. The Pharisees who would just standing around hiding biscuits and, and McDonald's muffins uh, under their, their robes when they're supposed to be fasting and telling people they're fasting, like, Oh, I'm so hungry. I'm so fat. I've been fasting. And everybody's like, he's so righteous. He's been fasting for eight days. And, and the minute they turn their head, he's pulling, pulling out a McMuffin. But then they'll point at Jesus who's actually working, casting out demons and, and, and nose to the grind. And they says, well, he's casting out demons by the power of demons. And Jesus has to rebuke them, and these are the religious folk. He says, "Well, well, who do your people cast out demons by?" He says, a, 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 "A kingdom divided against itself can't stand. If Satan is fighting Satan, he's got he he has a fallen kingdom. So people spend so much time criticizing people that have their nose to the grindstone, than putting their nose to the grindstone. If you're working hard, how are you criticizing the next man, people?" You know, criticize Joel Osteen. You know, I'm a back Joel Osteen. I I believe in him. I believe he preaches the word of God. He encourages people. That's why they call it the good news of Jesus Christ. You shouldn't go around depressed. If you go around as a believer and you're depressed and you need, you need to, you need a healthy dose dose of what Joel Osteen is preaching. He's preaching life. So that's, that's my plug. Stop tearing the kingdom down. If you don't like the way people are living, go help them. There's people that in the, in the world that still never heard the gospel. Go make sure that they get it the correct way. If that you have that genuine concern, but if you just want to sit on your couch and and point your fingers, then you need to really shake yourself and see if you're even saved. Go read John fourteen fifteen. Moving along. So e who established the actual law and who carries out the punishment? This now this is this is once again this is the controversy. Who created the law? God. God created the law. Don't eat the apple. Or we call it the apple. Don't eat the fruit. But who carries out the punishment? Now, a lot of people say we belong to Satan. We, we, we belong to Satan. Satan carries out the punishment. We've sinned. Uh, Satan is the prince of this world or the prince of the air. And, and we belong to Satan. God is the judge. But Satan is the jailer. And 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 um, I have a problem with that. You know, we're not bought back. From Satan, we're not, we're not, we're not bought back from Satan. If someone, you ever hear someone preaching that we belong to Satan, uh, I don't know, I don't know about that. Uh, we don't belong to Satan. We 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 offended God. We broke God's law. We still belong to God. Remember, the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. So our, our money was in the bank to, to pay the debt of sin before we ever sin. So at what point in time do we ever belong to Satan? We don't need to be redeemed from Satan. We did need to be redeemed, but we need to be redeemed from the wrath of God because that's who we offended. We got to realize God doesn't send a boy to do a man's job. God didn't need Satan to come and paddle us. God is a big enough God that that when we get out of line, He can paddle us. He didn't need. He doesn't need Satan to paddle us. He didn't need someone else to redeem us. He didn't. He didn't say, "Okay, I needed uh, humanity redeemed and then sent someone else to do it." He made it a flesh suit, jumped in, it died on the cross, and propitiated all of mankind through one act in one day back to Him, because He's that big. He's that God. Hallelujah. He is magnificent. He reigns on high, unmatched, unparalleled. He is God. He does his own paddling. He did his own redemption. He is God and God alone. He is the judge. He is the jury. Psalm 75, 7 says, It is God alone who judges. He declares who will rise and who will fall, which basically declares who, who's going to have a good life and, and get all the money. He declares who's going to be born poor, who's going to be born in a third world country. He, he, he decides who's going to go to heaven. He, he decides who's going to go to the hell that he created. He created hell. Hell is a real place. When God talks about death, he's not uh, uh, mainly when you see any. Well, really, almost every time you see God talk about death, he's not physically talking about dying. Matter of fact, they come to Jesus and say, oh, this person just died and Jesus would say, oh, he's just asleep. When God talks about death, he means being a separated eternity, uh, eternal for an eternity from him. Excuse me, for an eternity from him. Hell going to hell. In heaven, he considers life. You want to have life, life more abundant. You want to spend the rest of your life with me in paradise, then come on. If you want to go to hell, then deny my son. God alone is judged. God alone redeems. So who was offended by the law? God was offended. God created the heaven. He created the hell. God created grace. God was the one offended. But God, but God also was the one that created grace. John 19, 30. When we had received the drink, when he had received the drink, Jesus said it is finished. That means that his work on the cross, his his redemption, his his redeeming power, the blood that brought us back to the father. It is done. It is done. The road, the narrow road, the sheep gate has been opened to all who believe. God cuts a narrow path to himself. Matthew 7, 13 through 14. English Standard Version. This is how it reads. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Everyone will die some, someday. Everybody has to die, but not everybody will be declared guilty in the court of law when it comes to salvation. Some of us will be declared righteous because we're going to go in through the narrow gate. And declared righteous mean, means that we'll be declared innocent regardless of actual guilt. We're all born in sin, shaped in iniquity, thanks to our ancestry, Adam and Eve, but we're not all going to be declared guilty. We're going to be, some of us will be declared righteous. And I mean, he's talking to really believers. Not all believers are going to be declared righteous, but some of us that enter into the narrow gate, some of us that choose to actually walk this life out, not just say we're Christian and give all other Christians a bad name. will enter in and not being judgmental. That's the Bible being real. Says faith without works is dead. You can holler Jesus, 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 but if your life looks like hell and you you never allow the power of God to change your heart, then you need to evaluate if you're really saved. Or if you're just someone that believes in Christ or knows Christ, but doesn't necessarily believe and when you truly believe in Christ, I think it does something. I think it does something on the inside that changes your heart. I I know of a lot of famous people, but I I don't I don't know them personally. I can't, you know, they say, would you, you trust them to, uh, watch your kids. I don't, I don't have that much. I don't have faith in them. I know of them, but I don't have faith in them. I don't believe in them to leave them with my children. A lot of people know Jesus Christ existed, but they don't believe him with their children. They don't believe him with their lives. They don't change the structure of their lives to say, I'm not going to lie and cheat my way to the top. I'll just believe Jesus. I'm not going to have sex and lust and try to get a man. I'm going to just believe Jesus. We don't, we don't have that level of faith. I'm not going to, uh, try to dictate my, my, my wife and kids. I'm just believe Jesus. We don't, but some of us do. Romans five, one. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the good news. Romans five to 18. Let's skip a little bit ahead. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, Adam fell, Adam sinned. Then all sin came into the world, basically. So one act of righteousness, Jesus Christ dying on the cross leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, Adam, the many were made sinners, all of us. So by the one man's obedience, Jesus Christ, the many will be made righteous. All who will go in through the narrow gate. Now, the law came in to increase the trespass means to point out sin. But where sin increased grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What does that mean? That means that Jesus Christ is our defense attorney. When we, we stand before God, Jesus Christ is there, to protect us. So we we learn that God and in Psalm seventy-five, God is the judge. And now we see that Jesus Christ is the defense attorney. So if you have a judge and you have a defense attorney, that 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 would lead to mean that there is somebody that's going to be the district attorney accusing you, trying to get you life in prison or trying to get capital punishment. And the Bible exposes who this is. In Revelation 12, 9, it says, And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. So where is he now? The earth and his angels were cast out with him. That's his homeboys. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of the brethren is cast down. So who is the accuser of the brethren? satan which accused them before our god day and night so day and night satan is there trying to convince god to let us burn that's that's what he is he's the evil district attorney jesus christ is our defense attorney trying to protect us and then we have god as the judge now in my my holy ghost mind i can just imagine dying and I can imagine uh, uh, the cherubim as bailiffs and they and the, and the cherubim say all rise and, and everyone stands and, the, and God comes in like a cloud. He uh, was a cloud by day uh, in, in Moses's time. So I just picture God coming and in, descending into the courtroom, into the, the judge's seat, the judge's throne and, and, and just making his presence and his almighty magnificence known right there. And then the bailiff, which are the cherubim, they they grab the docket and says, the the state of reproach versus I'm a sinner. And God turns and looks at Satan and says, are you ready to make your case? And Satan says, yes, your honor, because the Bible even tells us every knee will bow, every tongue confess. So even Satan being evil has to honor the righteous God. So he says, your honor, I, I can prove irrevocably Beyond a shadow of a doubt that this sinner de- deserves the capital punishment, the most that the state will allow. And, and God turns and looks at Jesus Christ and says, how does the defendant plead? And Jesus Christ says, guilty, but with time served. No further punishment is needed. And Satan Satan says, well, I can prove that this sinner right here broke God's commandments. He broke him. And Jesus Christ will will rebuttal and says, yes, he broke him, but now he believes in me. And Satan says, he he says, well, he's getting kind of irritated. he says, well, after he believed in you, he broke the law. And then Jesus Christ looks and says, well, that's true, but he repented. And, And Satan, in furious, he slams his hand on the desk and stands and says, after he repented, he broke the law. He repeated in disobeying the law. He repeated this sin, and he sinned again and again. And some of those times, he didn't repent. And God, being justice and judge, just stands and looks at Jesus Christ and says, "Well, what do you have to say for this?" And Jesus Christ doesn't reply, "Your Honor." He doesn't. He doesn't reply. Oh, oh, holy one. he he, he just he just comes in front of the the judge's throne and he kneels still with the crown of thorns on his head and, and sweating blood and and crying tears. He, he, he looks up and says, Abba father. Yes, these are true. And I agree that he deserves capital punishment, that someone should die. And he says, but someone has. And that's, that's it. That's the, that's the, that's the moment. That's the finished work. When Jesus died on that cross, that, that answered the question of redemption forever. That's the finished work. We, we, we no longer need to wrestle with all we saved? Did we sin? Yes. Have we lied? Have we broken God's commandment? Yes. Do we deserve death? Yes. Meaning to be eternally separated from God in hell? Yes. But for those that believe, we have the promise of salvation. So will we die? We will live forever with Christ. Declared righteous means to that we're guilty, but we're, we're declared righteous. God, the judge, will look at us and say, you, you, you are innocent and allow us to go. Not because we are innocent, but because he looks at his son. He looks at his, his payment for us, looks at what he did on the cross, and then says that we are righteous and that we are free to go, that we will have eternal access. The, the answer to redemption is the question of the cross. Do you believe it? the answer is yes, then you are redeemed.